Hello, Joanna. Hello, Nate. And hello to all of you. We are Stranger Than. Talk about a variety of subjects. This time we'll be talking about the Lost Roman Ninth Legion. We'll be taking it back a few years here. Just a few. Couple thousand. I was thinking to myself, we should have done something more Christmassy for our last episode before Christmas. But then I was like, well, hey, it's Rome. I mean, that's kind of where, you know, like the birth of Christianity yeah, as a religion. So, And they did a lot of celebrating of things, things around that time, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, Saturnalia. Yeah. That's what the Romans got down with. Right. It's ba- they basically like kind of like copied and pasted you know stuff of events of jesus's life on top of stuff that they already pretty much yeah that's well no yeah exactly exactly like hey it's all this stuff jesus did it too hey Mm -hmm. his birthday was then let's yep give the pagans something different to party about yep exactly let's get into it here legio i x This is the inscription found on some lead slingshot found by archaeologists at the ancient stronghold of Asculum. By slingshot, I mean not like slingshots like Dennis the Menace carries, but the actual shot from a sling. So like the rocks they shoot. And pieces of lead, too. Lead bits in this case. Yeah, I don't Mm -hmm. think they used a lot of rocks. It was probably just lead shot. This was the location of a siege that occurred in 89 BCE. This was the first uh, evidence of the Ninth Legion ever found. That's that's right. It's believed that the marks on the slingshot were the names of the legions that participated in the siege. Legio means legion, and IX is nine in Roman numerals, or as the Romans called them, numbers. Here is the first mention of the Ninth Legion, and it's not the last. Oh, yes. Quite a history with the Ninth. Oh, yes. Well, yeah. Starting... Here, right here, as far as we know, anyway. <laughs> Contrary to this, there are some sources that say the ninth was raised by Pompey in 65 BCE, along with the 7th, 8th, and 10th. Well, that might make sense, just from a numerical standpoint. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really get anything on that other than in 59 BC, it was one of four legions um, that was given... That were given to Julius Caesar, Pompey's enemy. Yes, it but was since a, they kind of shared power. I mean, it was like it was Rome a was a senate. Thing. Yeah, it was. It was a whole political thing. Politics then sucked just as bad as politics now. I'm sure. Although I think they were a little bit more straight. Well, they were less evil then. I think. Well, except for the part where you know people that fucked up got put to death and stuff like that oh yeah that's fine (laughs) if that happened now people would be a lot less shitty i think yeah probably i was gonna say maybe that is why people are a little bit more evil like as far as um manipulating people and lying and doing all sorts of shady things like that because they're it's like you're not gonna get fed to the lions yeah exactly it's like what's what's the worst that's gonna happen you're gonna serve a little bit of time in jail, maybe. Club fed, no less. Instead of getting tortured to death. 
I'm sure if tortured to death was on the menu of <laughs> things that could happen if you collude with enemies or whatever, that perhaps you wouldn't be so hip to collude. Probably not. It, it would definitely be a good deterrent for me. Oh, yeah. Like if instead of the Democrats going after Trump and just to give him an impeachment, which doesn't really matter, if they were instead going after his fucking throat, like literally. Right. Like we're going to stone you to death. Yeah. Like. That's a little bit more serious than something that probably doesn't really matter. And then, of course, if he somehow prevailed on top, then that whole group of Democrats could just be like, you know, hauled out into the arena and freaking <laughs> run out and then chased down by the army and killed. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And they had quite the army. Yes. Well, let's talk a little bit about Julius Caesar. Just He's in, kind of an important guy in history. A little bit, yeah. Uh, in case you aren't sure of who he is, I'll give you a quick rundown. He was born in 100 or 100 BCE and was murdered in 44 BCE in Rome. You know, he helped put down the revolt that Spartacus led. Yes, yes, which was a real thing, not just a movie. If Yeah, oh yeah. And if you want to watch a really great show about Spartacus, watch the show Spartacus. Yes. Yes. And it, if you would like one. if you if you would like to know more about Rome, you can listen to Mike Duncan's The History of Rome podcast. Ooh, they have a I, well, I mean it doesn't surprise I'm sure they have a bunch of History of Rome podcasts, but his is considered like the best. Nice. I don't know how many History of Rome podcasts there are because his is so good. So like, you know, good listen to it's a good listen. It starts out with shitty sound quality because he had just started podcasting and shorter episodes but by the end of it it's it's great and even the shorter episodes with the bad audio quality it's it's inter it's entertaining and he's got a weird dry sense of humor that is it's good yeah good stuff i mean the whole rise and fall of the roman empire there, there's a lot to learn yes if you're looking for a little entertaining piece though that if you binge watch suddenly you're gonna be like why the fuck am i so horny <laughs> Watch Spartacus, because, yeah, like two, three episodes in, it's like you realize you're just watching, like, guys that are basically wearing only, like, a loincloth, all dirty and sweaty, and being, like, training to be gladiators, and then you, like, insert some, like, Roman orgy scenes in between all the sweaty, mostly naked men. Is that the one with Xena the Warrior Princess? Yes, it is. Yes. It is. And, yeah, after a couple of hours, you're just like... Like, damn, like, what's going on here? <laughs> it's good. It's a good one. I was almost thinking, like, should I rewatch Spartacus in research? I'm like, well, that's only going to give me a little bit right at the end. So that's just going to get you horny. Yeah. <laughs> Julius Caesar became consul of Rome. He conquered Gaul, which is France, Belgium, UK, and then became dictator of Rome. And this was with the assistance of the Ninth. They oh, yes. They a big part in the um, the Gallic Wars and also defeating Pompey so that he could become dictator. And they were one of the very first legions he was given. He was given four. Mm-hmm. After the conquest of Gaul, they were battle-hardened elite troops. They were the survivors of countless bloody battles. The loyalty of the Ninth went first to Caesar and then to Rome. After he conquered Gaul, 
He wasn't allowed to come back unless he gave up his command or came back as a private citizen. He wasn't going to do either of these things. He crossed the river Rubicon, which is near the part of the Italian peninsula that connects it to the continent, with his now 10 legion army. The river Rubicon acted as the border to Italy, and it was treason to cross the border with an active army. That's crazy. Now, just going to throw in real quick here, a legion is about 5,000-ish Yes, soldiers. I've got. I've read it anywhere from like four thousand eight hundred to five thousand to six thousand, six or seven thousand. I think it depends but, um, on the time, and it depends on how right. they count the troops as well. But yeah, it's an average of around five thousand people in a legion. Yes, when the civil war started, which started because he crossed the river Rubicon, Caesar ultimately won with Pompey serving as the defender of Rome. This pretty much ended on June 6th, 48 BCE, when his forces beat Pompey's at Pharsalus in Macedonia, the next peninsula east from the Italian one. Caesar was finally able to disband his troops, including the 9th, and settle them throughout the empire. The 9th mainly in Picenum, which is located in northeastern Italy on the coast near the main part of the continent. They would be reestablished, though. Oh, yeah. As I said before, and as many of you already know, Julius Caesar was killed by Marcus Brutus and reportedly 60 other senators outside of the theater of Pompey. It seems like 60 couldn't really even fully participate. I mean, I'm guessing like a few were doing the killing and uh, like 56 were watching. Unless it was... I don't know. They could sort of run a knife train on him a little bit, like kind of stand in a line. I think that did happen, but I'm pretty sure that that didn't happen like 60 times. Probably not. That's a, There wouldn't be a lot of them left after right. 60 stabs. I mean, you're probably going down after the first or second. And then, yeah, yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Probably, depending upon where they land, yeah. Well, I mean, they've got those like fucking dagger things. Those are pretty big. Oh, they're yeah, like but a, I mean, like, like if they get sword. you in just like the shoulder or something, right. then like maybe the leg... But yeah, a few in the in the torso area, and it's it's mm-hmm. pretty much uh, it's it's over. They would have done it for the torso. I mean, you don't just go up and stab a guy and just be like, you know what? I'm going to think about my fellow senators and their <laughs> right, right, and uh, their uh, right to also partake in this. You walk up to that guy, you're like fucking asshole, and you just stab him right in the fucking chest. Yep, yep. You don't want to be the guy that walked up and just stabbed him in the fucking chin or calf or something. <laughs> no. you know? like. This happened on March 15th, 44 BCE. This plunged Rome into yet another civil war, which lasted into 30, until 31 BCE. This was actually a couple civil wars. The first one had Mark Antony, Caesar's co-consul, Octavian Caesar, Julius Caesar's adopted son, and another Caesar bro, Lepidus, against Brutus and the other murderers. So is this... Right. Try out of folks versus, Mm -hmm. you know, Brutus and the 60 senators. And then eventually it's Octavian against Mark Antony. Well, first, this is when Octavian got the ninth back together. Mm -hmm. They remained active and in his command after defeating the conspirators at Philippi in Greece two years later. So they stayed with him. Right. Because then. Because, yeah, they play a big part in the Battle of Actium. 
which yes. is against Mark Antony. And Cleopatra was involved. Cleopatra should be a familiar. Oh yeah, it was name. a big dumb thing. Like Antony <laughs> was like, "Oh my god, I love you, Cleopatra," and she's like, "Oh my god, I love you too." And then yeah, well, she had a fucking magic vagina. I can guarantee you, she had a fucking magic went push to pussy. shit. <laughs> And well, uh, they that's ended what's up happening sometimes. Yeah, they ended up killing each other or killing themselves. Well, at least Cleopatra you? did. I don't know if yeah. Antony did or no, not. No, Antony did. But was, yeah, oh, definitely, because yeah. they were going to get marched through Rome. Yeah, and she killed herself as well. Yes, that was kind of the choice you were left with: kill yourself or be killed publicly yes but possibly not it's possible that she would have been just kept as a slave possibly not but life was not going to be good from that point on nah nah not good at all and cleopatra had also had a son with julius caesar yes so she was definitely someone who was able to like seduce the you know the higher powers of, of rome definitely had a magic pussy the ninth was then sent to Hispania Terraconesis, which and, was pretty much the whole northeastern half of Spain today. And isn't Hispania part of their li- part of their official name? Well, this is where this they point. get it. Okay. They did well in these wars and received the title Hispania in probably 24 BCE. It's possible that the ninth went and fought in modern-day Hungary, though it's unclear. A tombstone was found referencing a soldier of the VIIII Hispana. Sometimes they would not do it IX, instead do it V-I-I-I. So that would be nine still. just five and then four four singles. Exactly, instead Mm -hmm. of a one and then, And then the ten. Yeah, the one before the ten. Yeah, when I was doing some research, I I had to suddenly like, okay, wait, how do Roman numerals work again? (laughs) Oh, right. I haven't done this since like fifth grade. Not much into Super Bowl, are you? Well, I mean, you just—it's <laughs> heard and spoken so many times. This is stuff I was just reading, so yeah, like, I, yeah, like nobody was saying it, like where it's spelled out in Roman Roman numerals, but there's a voice saying like what the number actually is. Yeah, yeah. It was like me having to just figure it out. Just like, let's see here. It, I mean, it didn't take hours or anything. I mean, it took like a minute. You got but a fucking was... abacus in front of you. <laughs> it was just one of those things where, I, okay, wait a second. <laughs> How does this work again? What does this one mean? But I got it. I figured it out yeah. all, on, all on my own. I, I knew you. I knew you had it in you. <laughs> it's possible that this tombstone was just from like one soldier that was from the ninth originally, or something. Uh, it's hard to say. The area that it was found in is called Pannonia, and it's possible that the ninth was there as early as nine C.E. But sources definitely place them there at fourteen C.E., which was the year that the emperor of Rome, Augustus Octavian Caesar, died. And so there's pretty good documentation of all the going-ons around Mm -hmm. the empire at that time. The empire. (laughs) They were garrisoned here. The glorious empire. The glorious empire. They were garrisoned here at the city of modern-day Sisak, Croatia, then called Sisia, Pannonia. Here they remained for 29 years, with a brief call to action in 21 to 24 CE, to put down a Berber revolt in North Africa, led by Tacfaranus. This guy had been a thorn in the side of the local legion, so the emperor Tiberius sent the ninth to take care of business, which they did, and then returned to Sicia. Even still, they are seem to be pretty badass, because, I mean, these aren't the same troops that fought in Gaul. Well, yeah, because it's been going on for many, many 
a decades long now. time. A long time. I mean, their their last call to action here is at 21 to 24 CE, and they were between 65 and 81 BCE running around doing things. So, mm-hmm. some time. The commander of the ninth was a man called Publius Cornelius Scipio, which is actually a more common name than you'd think. Oh, well, yeah, there's another leader of some other legions I was going to mention briefly when we were done, and his first name is Publius. Oh, and there's lots of Scipios, too. Yeah, and his, his last name is Varus, though. I can't remember. It's it's like Publius Quintilius or something, Varus. Oh, is he the one that stole the legions from, from Caesar? Because there was another Varus that I was going to mention afterwards that stole some legions from Caesar. Uh, well, got him killed, more like. All right, we'll talk about that later. But we'll get into it. I mean, it could be the same. It could be different. One yeah. never knows. There was like 12 names in Rome, in ancient Rome, and it was just a sort of a mixture of three or four of them, and that's who you, yes. how you distinguish yourself. So kind of like medieval England, except that the names are harder to pronounce, and they're always like really long in like three of them. Yes. Combos of three of them, instead of just one first name that's like repetitively used one of like four first names it's like you know one of four like one name, of 12 one of 12 names, names in but random order in sets of three sets of three and maybe four yeah yeah this Scipio at any rate received a monument along the cardo of lepsis magna this means that along the main road leading into the center of lepsis magna a pretty big city in its day, and a pretty big honor to get this monument. I believe it said Scipio on it. Like, I think that's all it said it was just Scipio. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. The ninth stuck around Sicia until 43 CE when they were again called into action. Emperor Claudius was not a man who was supposed to be emperor. No, he wasn't. There's a whole series about that. And I was going to mention... Because if you're a type of person that needs a little bit more entertainment than reading or documentary, I love I love all of them. I love shows. I love reading. I love documentaries. Ro- HBO's Rome, though, is a great series. Season one and two is all about the whole Julius Caesar, Pompey thing, and Mark Antony, and Cleopatra, and Octavian. Yeah. And his uh, rise to power. It's... It's very, very good. And is this one of those docudramas? It's not really a docu. It was like a, just like an HBO show. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's done by H- HBO. So, I mean, think of like Game of Thrones, except it's actually talking based about on history. Based on history yeah. and, and rather historically accurate as right, far as right. the, the major things go. Well, he was Claudius, tall and gangly. He would dribble and stutter. Yeah, he had a stutter. I, Claudius, if you want to learn about Claudius, there's a whole miniseries on PBS. There you go. Derek Jacoby is Claudius. I'll be damned. Yep. It's a good one. Though he did seem like he was not, he was quite intelligent and had written now lost histories on the Carthaginians and Etruscans. Yeah, definitely someone who is uh, intellectual, but just very shy and not. Yeah, I mean, not had a powerful mind, but not a powerful personality. Uh, Carthage is in modern day Tanzania in North Africa, and the Etruscans were some people who used to live in Italy. The only reason 
he was in the public eye at all, really, is because his fucked up nephew Caligula made him consul as a joke. Just like, ha look at my dopey uncle. I'm going to make him a consul, mm-hmm. you know, along with like a, an, a donkey or something. Who knows? In fact, after the assassination of Caligula, he was made emperor by the Praetorian Guard. The Praetorian Guard were the elite personal bodyguards and intelligence service of the emperor. Yeah, it's like Secret Service of yeah, Ancient Rome. Exactly. CIA Secret Service. They went in after Caligula and they found him and were like, all right, well, you're you're the boss now. And these aren't the guys you say no to. No. They say you're in charge and you say, okay, okay no problem. I'll, I'll just go ahead and do that then. Right. Although he had lots of other people plotting against him because... Either they wanted to control him because of his feebleness or perceived feebleness, I should say, or they, you know, wanted to get rid of him so that they could step in. Because he was in fucking Rome, and and the dude, higher up you were in Rome, the more dangerous it was. It was. I mean, your family. I mean, everyone around you was just fucking manipulating the situation. Oh and yeah. It wasn't going to be good. It wasn't like you were just going to lose the election or something like that. <laughs> But it actually ended up being okay. Probably you were going to get murdered in order for them to, you know, get what they want. But it actually ended up being okay. Rome had been steered off course with Caligula at the wheel. Oh, yeah, just a little. And Claudius worked to get it back on course. This included working with instead of against the Senate and starting up the British invasion started by Caesar and talked about by Augustus and Caligula. Augustus and Caligula had talked so much about, oh, we're going to go back and we're going to get those beetles, you know? The, mm-hmm. But this guy actually, Claudius, actually got that shit rolling. And that Probably got a bunch of pressure off his back, too. because he was a power-hungry psycho and just wanted to, like, actually work with the Senate to get oh, yeah. things done. Oh, yeah. He probably, it was probably nice to have some people to take care of some of the politics. Right. Handy to have a Senate around when that's, when you want someone to do that. Still dangerous times, though, because as much as you're doing good things, there's people that are just like, Man, I wish I was emperor and I'd be I'd tell the fucking Senate to fuck off and Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. On a misty, rainy island at the edge of the world, called by the Romans Britannia, the Ninth Legion fought the Celts for fifteen years. Wow, that's quite a while. That's this a would, long time to be doing battle. This would have been a horrifying place for the Romans. These barbarians that they fought were like aliens to them, with oh, their strange and terrifying culture and soggy landscape. Probably less than in Caesar's day when they had just met him, but still, these big, brutish, insane, like, berserker, just, it'd be fucking scary. Right. You're used to being in civilization, and this is... I mean, Rome Literally was the civilized the by the ancient world standards. Oh, for yeah. Sure. I mean, the way that the advancements that they had as far as running water and cleanliness. It and would be probably. Literature. I mean, it was just so different in contrast to how some of the. A lot of people lived during that time. Rome today is like. The height of their culture is like a lot of glamping is for people today mm-hmm. you know it's like that was their top and that w- and, and that's like what we do to get away right lindum colonia was established by the romans in 55 ce 
and this is where the Ninth now called home. Today, this is called Lincoln, and is in the county of Lincolnshire, on the east coast of Britain, just north of the big hump on the eastern half of the island. You know what I'm talking about? How Probably, it's but I just can't picture anything in my head right now. The top part <laughs> where Scotland is, mm-hmm. is sort of skinny. And then okay. as Scotland goes into it on the east side, there's this large hump that kind of goes out towards France, okay. or I guess towards Netherlands, but goes out towards the, the continent regardless. And uh, and then it kind of goes down and gets starts to get skinny again after that hump. Lincolnshire is the north part of that big hump. All right. Well, thank you for that detailed location. <laughs> yes. And now we're going to talk about Queen Boudicca. Queen Boudicca. Yeah, oh. see, that's like literally the next thing I had on my notes. I went from like, I went from Octavian to uh, Boudicca. Of the Iceni. She was not a fan of the Romans. She was not at all. The Iceni inhabited the part of Britain called Norfolk, which is on the hump just south of Lindum Colonia. Do you see where I wanted, why I was talking about that? Is because Queen Boudicca occupied the southern part of that hump. The king of Queen Boudicca's people was named Prastigus, and he had accepted Roman rule, so it was kind of under Roman control. However, bent the knee. Exactly, but they let him deal with the day-to-day. He just ultimately answered to the Romans. Mm -hmm. Upon his death, he willed his kingdom equally to Rome and his daughters. He had no sons, just the two daughters. Which actually wasn't a big deal in uh, for the Celts, I don't believe. I'm pretty sure that women were fine to be in charge. Yeah, it's just they were still in a time where women contributed as equally. It hadn't been so... They were allowed to contribute. Right, they were allowed they to contribute. And they were still needed. They were at a point where they needed women for survival, too. Yeah. Like, not just childbearing, but they also depended on them for everyday things, too. So they, I feel like... They probably just saw each other as equals more. More so, at least. Yeah. The Roman who was in charge of this place, Cadus Decianus, was a biggest dickus. <laughs> you like what I did there? I love what you did there. He basically started doing whatever he wanted to do with the kingdom. The other king's wishes be damned. Of course, Queen Boudicca objected to this, which earned her being stripped and flogged in public. And then her daughters were gang raped. Oh, nice. This did not sit well with her. So she raised a force and swept through the Romanized areas, killing killing every Roman she could. Including a huge portion of the ninth. She started attacking at the capital of Roman Britain called Camelodunum. Camelodunum is where present-day Colchester is and is the southern part of that east coast bump. Okay. They had no idea it was coming and begged nearby Londinium, London, for some help, which they only sent about 200 men to help because that's all they had, and there weren't any nearby legions. All the Romans got killed. The streets literally ran red with blood. The Ninth did end up getting sent there. However, they probably weren't at their full 5,000-ish man complement. Most likely, about half were able to be called from Lindum Colonia. It took them about three days to get to Camelodunum, and they were not prepared for what they were met with. 
2,000 of the 2,500 Ninth Legionnaires were killed in first contact they had with Boudicca's army. Wow. So just fucking slaughtered. After her horde moved towards Lindinium, the Ninth was reinforced with recruits from other legions stationed in Germania. The commander of the Ninth was recalled to Rome. His name was Quintus Pentilus Serialis, and he went on to do administrative shit in Rome until his death in 83 CE. It's believed that because of this, the Ninth was not dishonored for their loss. Otherwise, he probably would not have been given further work in Rome. He would have been either killed or right. just, you know. Or encouraged to kill himself. Or sent off to just live out his days doing whatever, doing whatever. Doing whatever you did when you were exiled. Exactly. I wonder what that was like. Old uh, Octavian, who went by Augustus once he became Caesar. Yes. He had his daughter exiled because she was too, like, loose with, like, the sexual morals. And he was trying to be all like, like, hey, Rome, we're not going to be all. Yeah, he was going very. Hot anymore. like Opposite the, op- <laughs> the the direction that Caligula was. Right. And just Rome in general, I think, had, had you know, accepted a lot of practices of adultery and stuff yeah. like that. And then. Freaking Octavian comes in and is actually like, no, we're going to be like prudes now and super repressed. I mean, this is still like so many years before Christianity happened. And already he was just coming in and making it not cool. And she thought she would be exempt, but he fucking exiled her. She lived on some fucking island for like the rest of her life. And I seriously wonder, like, what was her days like? What was her day to day life like? Is it like... Do you just get stuff provided for you, even oh, though you're yeah. exiled? Oh, yeah. You're not. But, if, so it's like you get sent stuff, but. When you're one of these, like, patrician class people and you're getting exiled, you're not, you're not wanting for anything. You're mm-hmm. not out and farming for yourself or anything. You've got servants. You've got food provided for you. You're living in a manner of comfort that you're accustomed to yeah until you get the news that like you know so and so that exiled you is now dead and you're like oh do i get to be free now or is somebody gonna come and fucking murder me exactly or do i just like stay like this exactly like i hope just they'll forget about me kind of (laughs) back to the british horde unfortunately for them all of the success kind of went to their heads the final battle of this conflict ended with a roman victory well it always does most of the time so confident in their success the army of the britons brought along their wives their children mm-hmm. and even their animals they wanted the animals there because you know the, for the party afterwards and they wanted their women and children to see them slaughter these invaders from the mainland right except you know rome is just it is a relentless force and there are more and more and they are well trained and just they're a machine they are a machine and that machine will just keep on going until something breaks and it's usually going to be the other guy the britons were killed including the women the children and even some of the animals god boudicca herself committed suicide well yeah i imagine so yeah yeah the newly reinforced ninth was then given home in ebicorum present-day york england the reason for this move was the brigantes An alliance of Celtic tribes, these people controlled a large portion of today's Yorkshire area in northern England. Up until some backstabbing fuckery, this confederation was working with Rome. 
the backstabbing fuckery was on the part of Rome. Shocker there. Oh, yeah. Here, the ninth was under the command of Gnaeus Julius Agricola. Agricola, along with the ninth, marched and fought north all the way to the River Forth. Good rhyme. Around 230 miles, 370 kilometers. In 82 CE, Agricola divided his forces as part of a plan to defeat the Caledonians. Mm, and the, that didn't work out so well. Well, it I did mean, it, 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 it did, but it didn't. Like the ninth came pretty close to, yeah, to total slaughter. Yeah. Like, yeah, the Caledonians were the Celtic tribes of Scotland, and Caledonia is basically just Scotland. They somehow got intelligence of what Agricola was doing. And they ended up attacking the Ninth Legion. The Romans were in a dirt and wooden fort, and they were attacked at night. They were caught off guard, and they suffered heavy losses. However, they are Romans, and the Ninth. Those that survived the initial assault managed an effective defense and stalled what was believed to be the inevitable, which was death. Unfortunately for the Caledonians... Agricola had received word of the attack and managed to get his army there in time to keep the ninth from getting slaughtered and in turn getting the enemy slaughtered. So it was yep. really kind of a win-win. Agricola was recalled to Rome in 85 CE. The historian Tacitus says that the reason he was recalled was because he was more successful in Britain than the emperor Domitian was in Germany. The relationship between these two men is unclear. Agricola was given the highest military honors other than a triumph upon his return to Rome. A triumph is like when the Super Bowl team wins the Super Bowl and they come back home and there's that parade. Uh That's basically a triumph. That's the highest. I mean, if you get a triumph in Rome, that's That's you're doing a a good job. That's a big fucking deal. That's what you're going for. Go down like the roads on a chariot with people lined up and cheering and you're wearing the freaking laurels and, and everything you're just yeah everything is wonderful and great mm-hmm. but he also never held any public office or military command ever again he was offers offered the governorship of africa but declined the offer the historian claims that the reason he declined was due to the emperor pulling some strings but he did die at 53 years old well, that's a ripe old age. <laughs> well, so it could have been just a health-related decision why he didn't want to go do that. Well, yeah, I'd probably be tired of it at that point. I would just want to, like, not anymore. I, can I just go and live in a villa and eat grapes and cheese all day? That sounds fucking fine with me. He died in 93 CE at his family's estate in Galia Narbonesis, today's southern France. Oh, so that's yeah, fucking see, exactly yeah. what he did. It's exactly what he did. Yeah. And, you know, great minds think alike, I guess. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go to my fucking house in southern France and just eat, like, delicious food until I fucking die. Sounds good to me. That's the decision I would have made. Yeah, that's the decision like, that oh, I would have made Like, oh, go to North Africa well. and, like, fucking fight all these bloody battles again and stuff. No. I'm not sure if North Africa was on the front at that point. Well, I know they had... Cause that I mean, that's where like, Carthage was. And, the, and they had some skirmishes, for sure, Yeah, I'm pretty over sure this years. is... I think this is after Carthage. Okay. But nonetheless, nevertheless, probably not as great living conditions. No, I it's agree It's not with like you. living in the south of France. I agree with you. I would be a hard no on that. Like, oh man, that's really tempting. But, you know, I think I'm just going to not. <laughs> Definitely. During Agricola's campaign in Scotland, around 1,000 of the Ninth was fighting in Germany. I'm unsure if it was with Domitian or not. 
There's also evidence that shows the Legion building a storm fortress in York in 108 and 109 that was destroyed by the Picts about 10 years later. The Picts were, you guessed it, a confederation of Celtic tribes. Oh my gosh. They were commonly thought of as having lots of tattoos, but artwork that they made don't show people with visible tattoos, so it's unclear if that was actually the case or if that's just what made them monstrous and so the Romans made it up, you know? Now, the fortress built at York, yes. that, that was a, a legion fortress, so like a place meant to house a whole legion of men yes. stationed out there at the border, wherever, you know, yeah, wherever York. their territory is that they are stationing. Yeah. that's Is that the last piece of anything we have on them? Not really. Was, is the inscription about the fortress? I thought it was, but... There is some evidence that the ninth was present in modern-day Netherlands right. for, a little, while, for a little while, around 121 CE. Yeah, they found bronze objects and, mm-hmm. and other things. That... Well, I had conflicting sources on that one. Like, some said, like, around 120, but then others said it was actually more around, like, 80, like, when they were, like, doing that last campaign in Scotland, like, yeah, shortly after. Yeah. So, and I mean, when you're talking about stuff that old, it is... It's, I mean, you're not going to be able to carbon date it to the fucking day. Yeah, and it's, it, I mean, it's Scotland old, and it's Netherlands corroded. are... There's a whole time period in which these things could have been crafted and used. But Scotland and the Netherlands are a bit a bit apart. They do have water. Yes. But nevertheless, the Ninth's existence in the Netherlands is not something that is believed by all. Also, we know that lots of people who served in the Ninth went on to do other things. So it might have just been something that they took with them? Yes, exactly. Maybe a soldier went to Netherlands where they found the bronze thing and Mm -hmm. he just had it with him. It was found in modern-day Iwijik in the Netherlands, actually. And that was the last evidence of the Ninth Legion in history. And then depending on the sources either either it was like the second either it was something that dated back and somebody brought it with them or if they were there it was a while ago or maybe not and yeah, it's just it's... kind of unsure the the for sure for sure one is the the fortress yes because that was definitely there and built and the inscription was attributing them building it exactly yes and then and then there's the tiles in the netherlands which May have been from before, but may have been after. Not 100%. Now, it's assumed that the Legion persisted with Emperor Hadrian, who reigned from 117 to 138 CE. And the emperor that would have been before it, I had to like look this up and then kind of read about this guy, because I'm like, why have I never heard of this emperor? That was Emperor Trajan. Yes. From 98 AD to 117 AD. Seemed to be a, actually a pretty decent guy. Yeah. Yeah. Trajan did a lot of, uh, was yeah, he was, he was a pretty good one. That's probably why you didn't really hear about him. You heard about Claudius because of all the, like, the fucked up shit his fucking family did. And he was right after Caligula. Yeah, which was his family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. That was but his nephew. <laughs> otherwise, he probably would have been pretty obscure as just like our, our pal Trajan here, who I'd nev- I have never heard his name mentioned at all. I had, but I also listened to that podcast I talked about earlier, so. I couldn't even, like, find his name in some of the things, but then I noticed there was, like, a gap in between Hadrian and the one 
before. Oh yeah, and you're like, what and the then hell? I'm like, wait, no, but that doesn't make sense. And yeah, it took like like three different searches before I actually found out like who he fucking like, was. Who the hell? Yeah. Even though like nine years he was emperor. Yeah. An insignificant man in his good deeds, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> in the grands, he just wasn't as. He just as wasn't very exciting. People, yeah. I guess. Yeah. If I understand the whole thing correctly, it's pretty much that there's no hard evidence of the, of the ninth being around after one twenty one, but there is of people who are in the ninth. Okay. So it's thought that some of those people remaining in the ninth carried on business as usual, still in the ninth, but there's just no evidence of the ninth itself. Um, and that was until somewhere from 161 to 180 CE. Hadrian went to that fortress with the sixth legion because of some skirmishes going on. Yeah. As, you know. Happened in Britain. As happened, like, constantly. They occupied that fortress that the ninth built. And for them to be housed there, that probably meant that a significant amount of the ninth was no longer there. And yeah. that they had probably been taken out because yeah. of this this uprising or whatever. Well, Hadrian then, built a fucking wall. He did. He been, and that's when he built the fucking wall. He it's, saw it's, what was going on and... And uh, he's like, okay, the only way to like really defend this area is if I build a big wall and keep like the north and the south separate from each other. And that was, I'm pretty sure that's the border of, between England and Scotland. Right. Yeah. That's what I was getting yeah. at in the beginning when I was asking. Oh, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. If that was the border at the time. But yeah, this is what became the border between England and Scotland was Hadrian's Wall. Yeah. 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 The reason that we know that the ninth was gone definitely sometime between 161 and 180 CE is because there was an inscription of that time documenting the state of the legions under Marcus Aurelius's control. He was the emperor at that time. Legio IX Hispania was not on this list, which means that the ninth was no longer recorded by Rome as early as 161 and then as late as 180 CE. Where did they go? You know what I think? What do you think? They died of the flu. They could have died of the flu. <laughs> Some believe the ninth was destroyed in the Bar Kokhba revolt. That's right. Is that the one in the Kokhba. Middle East? In the Middle East? <laughs> this was uh, the, yeah, this was in Judea. So they're wiped out like by Persians. Uh, Jews. Okay. 132 to 135 CE, Emperor Hadrian was going back on some promises that the Jews, he'd made the Jews. He said that it was cool for you to go back to Jerusalem and it's cool f for you guys to build your temples in their original spots. And we're not going to like persecute you or anything. And then he started selling Jews into slavery, mm. deporting to North Africa and not allowing them to build the temples on their original sites. So they rebelled. Being just a Maximus dick. Biggest diggus. Uh, the Jews had some pretty nice wins, but as usual, the Romans ended up on top. Hadrian did send generals from both Britain and Germany to quash revolt, so it's possible that the Ninth was here. And with the ferocity of the fighting, it's possible this is where they ended. There is no archaeological evidence to back this up, however. Except that the, I think some people think that those tiles found in the Never Netherlands was evidence that they were moved from their spot and yeah. and and were and were sent over there and thus 
like killed in battle. Yeah, but if if I'm not sure why, the... but they, that's that's one of the that's one of the died over there theories. Yeah, is, yeah, is the the three tiles found in the Netherlands. But with all of the losses that they had against the Jews at this time, if they if you lost another legion on top of that, it most certainly would have been documented, and it wasn't. So it's unlikely. I mean, that it's a they pretty big deal there. to lose a whole legion. Yeah. There are historians that believe that the ninth ended up meeting their demise fighting Persians in present-day Iran. Oh, okay. So this is the Persia theory. And then it could have been fighting in Armenia with Marcus Aurelius. Mm-hmm. I think the I think the tiles I are used to support all of those hypotheses is that they went somewhere far. It could and yeah, were killed. It, it it could well I mean Yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah, there's no proof of any of those things happening so and we don't even know if the tiles were there from the legion itself or just a former legion member or exactly when they found themselves to be there in the netherlands yeah 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 the ninth is not the only legion to disappear there were a few that were taken from julius caesar by the general Varus in germania the camp these legions hung out at were found late last century there was also the case of a legion that disappeared by way of getting soundly beaten by some enemies and getting disbanded as punishment. Of course, in the end, all the Roman legions disappeared. That's true. I know of a few others that disappeared as well. Well, it was something they knew what happened to them, but right. nothing was ever found of them for centuries. Not disappeared as in we have no idea. Right, as in we still don't know quite what happened that's the kind of crazy thing about the ninth there there's no epic battle that they for sure were involved in and we just haven't found where it is yet there's just nothing they just kind of fade away yeah i mean obviously there was a lot of shit going on oh, a and lot it could of have been any on. one of yeah. the one of the freaking conflicts that were going on all over the place at the time i mean it would have made sense if they just got beaten to shit and there was just so few of the ninth that instead of remaking the ninth they just sent the survivors to different legions, but mm-hmm. but it's just still, weird it's... that there's no documentation of yeah. it. Yeah, there's definitely documentation of this. It was not one legion; it was actually three legions lost. That would be the seventeenth, eighteenth, and nineteenth. Now it was the nineteenth that was hard for me to decide. It took me a few. Oh. seconds to figure out how to decipher it because it's xix yeah yeah, yeah. so it was like wait <laughs> hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on like okay no yeah that's 10 plus 9 the others were easy because it's xvii and xviiii i mean that's easy oh 10 5 and pretty three. easy yeah. to, to wrap your head but it was down. xix that was just like oh shit yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> When they start adding the C's in there, you're like, God, oh, what is a C? Isn't that 50? I think so. Yeah. No, maybe. And then M is like. 100? I think so. I don't know. Yeah. I don't been, usually go that high. It's been a long time. Numerals. It's been a long time since getting. I usually know use just use like regular numbers. Yeah. That works. That works. So Octavian, now Augustus Caesar, is. 
in charge at the time. He's, uh, you know, being the first emperor of Rome and shiz, and he decides that they want to, like, expand their hold in Germania. Like, they have some of it, like, up, like it kind of borders, their their lands kind of border the Rhine in oh, Germany, yeah. the river in Germany. Yep, yep. But everything east of the Rhine, I guess, is still not under Roman control. Yeah, not they did. paying taxes to Rome and... They did a lot of fighting over that river. Haven't been subjugated yet, and yeah. There was a lot of battles over that river, and this was just one of them. In that expanse, they managed to piss off a guy who was... He had grown up in Rome and was a Roman citizen, and he was given the title... He was an equia, which is basically a knight. Oh, yeah. And, but he was actually the son of a Germanic chieftain. So he was like a noble hostage, like his whole life. Like, we're just going to hang on to you so that your dad doesn't try and pull some shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, we'll give you a good life and everything. Theon Greyjoy. Yeah, exactly. Totally Theon Greyjoy. And kind of like Theon, like, he just suddenly is like, no, I want to unite the tribes of Germania and fuck these Romans. And he just kind of saw a great opportunity and he took it. The the three legions, the 17th, 18th, and 19th, they were led by Publius Quintilius Verus. Okay. Another Verus. Another Verus. Another Publius. Yes. Arminius is the guy's name that's going to take his revenge out and try and unite the Germanic tribes. Yeah. We've got Verus. He's marching through the woods of Germany. He's got his mission. He's got three legions with him. Approximately 1,500 men. Actually, more like uh, 15,000. Yes. had a lot. Yes, 15,000, that's what I meant. You were, mi- you were missing a zero. Yep. Math is hard. It right is hard. Night. It's all the goddamn numbers. <laughs> now, Varus had no idea that he was going to be walking right into a trap. He was diverted from his original path, you know, to just, you know, go out and conquer for the glory of the empire. Arminius because of his affiliation with the Germanic tribes, being the son of a chieftain, but also a Roman citizen and raised out there, he kind of served as like messenger, like in a communications capacity, I guess you could say, between the two of them whenever they're, you know, subjugating or maybe just negotiating or whatever. He would... Doing stuff. Just doing stuff. He He was kind of the emissary between the two. He gives Varus some false information about a non-existent uprising going on in a different direction. Oh, yeah. Like, kind of urgently tells him, like, oh, my God, these guys are totally fucking fucking shit up over here. You got to divert over here and take care of this, like, right now before it gets out of control. And Varus is just like, dun-dun-dun, okay. Even though, like, a lot of people told him, like, I don't think (laughs) that this is actually happening. This seems like. Hey, Varys, that sounds like bullshit. Yeah. No, 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 no. I have it on good authority. Yes. Really? Yeah, it it went something like that. So Varys marches the legions over in the direction he was told to march by Arminius, and there walked right into a trap that he had been, like, planning for months (laughs) with some, (laughs) some of the... The tribes, the Germanic tribes out there, they had, like, built all these uh, fortifications. And the thing is that 
they're very disorganized in their fighting these oh yeah tribes of you know like germans or britons or whoever all yeah all of those people around there they were just tribal i mean they were fighting they weren't fighting as a cohesive unit like the romans did right but arminius knows how the romans fight as a cohesive unit and what their weaknesses are as in like getting them all separated and fucked yeah, up. Yeah. He marches them right into this boggy forest swamp. It's just thick as fuck. They have re he has reinforcements already built. And just every single thing is a is a way to like pick apart that those legions and yeah, just yeah. fucking slaughter them, which is what happened. Like estimates are about twenty thousand with all the soldiers plus all the people that travel along oh, with yeah, them. Yeah, but it was basically killed down to a person. Yeah, like everyone was fucking killed, including Varus, who committed suicide because of his epic failure. Like he didn't right. want to get captured, and he didn't want to have to go back and shame. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> so Varus and the other, you know, like higher up generals, uh, all fell upon their swords after four days, and everyone fucking being killed. God. So news of this did reach Rome and Octavian Augustus, and he was super upset about it, but nobody really knew where this exact this happened exactly. They did go back like several years later and I guess found a lot of the skeletons everywhere. Oh no shit. But so then they just... buried them. Oh yeah. The people that came the Romans that came after that buried them, so that made it even harder to find out after centuries passed. So it was just like maybe in the 90s or something, late 90s, that this amateur archaeologist who was a major in the military, Major Tony Clun, he was just kind of obsessed with this battle and finding out where it actually happened. And so and he just finding went. The site. He went out with a metal detector and found some, so, you know, a couple of tiny artifacts that he took to another guy, like a really renowned archaeologist Wolfgang Schluter, and he confirmed what they were from, and then together the two of them got this whole excavation going, and so they've excavated the site. It's in Lower Saxony, Germany, and Calcris is the actual location. Crazy. Yeah. And that's all wild. the evidence kind of backs up that that, it, it, that the story held true and that, that Arminius had planned it for months. And totally, like, walked him right into a trap and just slaughtered everyone. Arminius did not achieve his goal, his ultimate goal, which was to unite all the Germanic tribes. Yeah, yeah. He was killed in eighty twenty one, murdered by opponents within his own tribe who felt he was becoming too powerful. Yep. So that's... That's what happened to him, but brilliant guy. Yeah, yeah, did. Very good strategist. I mean, the guy, he was like 25 when he did this. Yeah, 25 totally is a lot older than it is now, organized the slaughter of three Roman legions. Yeah, no problem. March him to this place, kill him to a man. Pretty crazy. But the ninth is the only one that just... But yeah, like I said, you know, it was gone. well known. I mean, everyone died, but everyone knew what happened. Yeah. This was yeah. just something like no one could quite figure out what happened. Like, later on, it was a mystery where they actually lay, but they knew what happened. Yeah, they The knew. ninth is just... Poof. Radio silence there. Exactly. Maybe they were abducted by aliens. Maybe. Ancient aliens. Fairies, perhaps. <laughs> perhaps someday we'll find some evidence of what happened to the ninth. Maybe maybe they're laying underneath a parking lot someplace in Britain like Richard the Third. 
Who knows? Maybe I mean, I, I would guess I would start with York. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. seems like the most obvious Scotland spot. someplace. But it's, a, it's pretty developed now, so it's hard to... You can't just go digging up everywhere. It's, no, you cannot. Yeah. No, you cannot. A lot of times, the only reason people do get found now is because they're going to do some sort of construction and then and only then is it going to be like okay well while you're digging out the foundation keep an eye out for stuff stuff of relevance like historical stuff yeah, of relevance yeah, yeah. might find a old, old a former monarch yes. whatever well i think that is about it for today thank you very much for listening have a happy holidays Enjoy your Saturnalia. We will not be back <laughs> until January. That's right. We're we're gonna we're gonna take holiday vacation. Holiday vacation. You still got your two this month though, so <laughs> please enjoy those. Those of you who are uh patrons, you will be getting your bonus episode as well. That's right. If you're not a patron, hey, sign up. Patreon.com slash stranger than podcast. For $2 a month, you get ad-free episodes. For $5 a month, you get a bonus episode on top of the ad-free episodes. All of our social medias will be in the show notes, and you can follow us accordingly. And with that, we'll talk to you next time. And stay strange.